0: From Boca Florida, this is Behind the Bima. On this episode, the rabbis are joined by Eishah Torah Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Yitzchak Berkowitz. Rabbi Berkowitz discusses the importance of having a relationship with Hashem, shares his thoughts on how each and every Jew is connected, and explains the mission statement of Eishah Torah. Also, a discussion on recent anti-Semitism news. All this and more, Behind the Bima. Good evening. It is Wednesday evening. I'm Rabbi Yaffin Goldberg with a special edition of Behind the Bima. I had the incredible privilege of being in Israel recently and sitting down with Rav Yitzchak Berkowitz Berkowitz is an extraordinary individual. And you know, it's very much on our minds right now, this spike, this rise of anti-Semitism, not only around the world, and not only even in the United States of America, which for a long time we were lulled into the false belief that we were protected and immune. We've seen people be beaten in the streets. We've seen famous people. And most recently, Kyrie Irving, NBA stars, rappers, who are unabashedly and with no shame promoting, tweeting, defending, doubling down on anti-Semitic statements and rhetoric. And it's against that backdrop that we have to continue to raise our voice and confront and battle it, but also how refreshing it is to have conversations like the one I was privileged to have with Rav Berkowitz, a, a beacon of light and a call and a charge to improve the world with a message of hope, a message of light, a message of blessing, the Jewish responsibility to transform the world for the good. And as much as we have to focus on what's going wrong in the sense of the anti-Semitism, we have to focus on what could be going right, caring about our brothers and sisters around the world and feeling that responsibility for outreach. And in many ways, that is our response, to be that bright light and to become a people and live such a lifestyle that others are just attracted and drawn, who will dismiss and who will stand up and confront those voices of, of anti-Semitism. Riberkowitz is an American-born, enormous tamal He's a huge posek. He's a big halachic decisor. For the anglo-jewish community in israel and around the world he uh, spent 16 years as the mashiach of isha torah before he left to start his own kollel in 2001 he founded the jerusalem Kollel, which is a um, intense coal experience but an eye towards preparing the graduates who will go out and be involved in kiruv and outreach around the world 2019 he was appointed as the rosh yeshiva of yeshiva's isha torah in yerushalayim he's also the rosh kollel of an international network of evening kolalim. And an expert of the relationship, the laws that govern and that regulate our interpersonal relationships between one and the other. You'll see his simchas achayim, his joy for life, what a special person he is. And I was really excited and privileged to be able to have the opportunity for this conversation and the special edition of Behind the Bima. So without any further, please enjoy the great Harav Yitzchak Berkowitz Shlita.
1: It's a tremendous success to be with the Rosh Hashiva, to have the opportunity to have this conversation and share it with the world and to be able to drink from the fountain and learn from the wisdom of the Rosh Hashiva. I have tremendous uh, affection and gratitude to Isha Torah. When I was in Yeshiva, there was a of training program that came to Karen B'Avnatar Yeshiva. I spent the summer as a madrich on Discovery. And even today, Isha uh, very graciously continues to print my articles on the website. So I have tremendous uh, connection and, and uh, closeness and very, very grateful to Rosh Hashiva's time. It's great having you here, Thank you. and uh, yeah, and it's also great having you on Pinch.com. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. So I have to ask, with this backdrop, we're sitting overlooking Harabayas, so overlooking the hotel in this incredibly sacred spot. What an incredible time that we live and what a brach it is to be. I know the Rosh Hashiva's parents were Holocaust survivors. And does the Rosh Hashiva ever sitting in this office, looking over this view, thinking about where the Rosh Hashiva lives and, and the Yeshiva, just to pinch ourselves in the context of Jewish history? With what Rashida's parents endured, lived through, and survived, and now in contrast to be sitting in Yerushalayim, overlooking our abyss, sitting in learning Torah,
2: spreading the message around the world, it must be overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Uh, I never take it for granted. Uh, I come in every morning. First, I look to see if the mosque is still there. No, but I come in every morning. I just feel a little more where I am. Um, I ask myself, would I believe that I'd be here someday? And the truth is, my answer yes, 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 yes. You yes. grew up dreaming, grew up dreaming, um, but it's also the place of the food. It's the place of the hukud that also that, that also has to be. We understand that the hukud, although it is more pronounced here than anywhere else, but what the hukud is really all about is a bread And, a and yes, every morning I walk in, I'm feeling Feel feel where is Claude Lee's from? Where is Carlis from? You know what is beautiful here? The office is beautiful, the is beautiful, both buildings are beautiful. Uh, you know, the cultural is beautiful. Um, although it's beautiful, it's so really impressive. You know what's it's supposed to be beautiful. You know where Collie's is supposed to be. You know, supposed to be and that's that other
1: side of the coin that maybe we don't feel often enough. We see the beauty, and, and coming in today, we heard the music, there's a simcha being celebrated in the restaurants, and there's such a feeling of vibrancy in life, but the main thing is missing, and the main thing that's not there, which, which leads me to the next question. So, the summer I spent here, and I met with with, Ravangur, with the Rosh Hashim at the time, and he imposed on me, and like all others, the spiritual Holocaust happening at a rate faster than Hitler and our enemies ever could have dreamt. I was uh, a uh, young yeshiva bachar. I didn't want to go to the places they were sending to go do. Recruiting for, for discovery program at the time. And he called me in and he asked me, would, if a woman were extending her hand to save her from the train to Auschwitz, would you not pull her off? sort still needs you to go out. And, and the rate. I am not to tell the Rosh Hashiva, where we live in Boca Raton, Florida, is 140,000 Jews. Palm Beach County has a quarter of a million Jews, 92% of whom are unaffiliated. The Klaus, not connected, not involved. The demographic study, you were affiliated if you work out at a JCC. And Bekhozo, still with that, 92% are unaffiliated. That's the level of assimilation of intermarriage. That's what's going on around this. So, I, I don't believe this. I'm asking a question that I, I don't believe, but I want to introduce this formulation. I think it's important for us. Why not double down on the Shomay Torah mitzvos, the Orthodox, the observant Torah community, and write off, write off the Eruv Rav. Why not say that this is our generation's this is a tragedy, it's a loss, it's overwhelming, but we're not making headway, we're not moving the needle, we're not stemming the tide. So instead, let's put our resources, let's put our money, our manpower, our wisdom, our time, let dedicate it all to ensuring in the observant community we keep everybody in. Why care about outreach? Why be involved in Kirov? Why be connected or feel responsible for the fate of the rest of the
2: Jewish people, which feels in many ways like a sinking ship? How I many brothers going to uh, these are you willing to give up These are brothers or sisters. You're ready to give up them? They're gonna be lost because of our inerquency. Because we haven't figured it out Because we haven't learned how to reach them? How can we? Uh, I'll tell you, I, I I've seen I've seen this a lot. There are certain Rashi Shiva that i tell me, just sit and learn and that must be my in the world in a way that it's gonna change everybody. And of course, and if you don't believe that you're not the coach of course it's true. Nevertheless, nevertheless, when it's not show, there's someone in their family. A kid that's struggling, or a kid that's past struggling We get the phone call, you gotta take them in. But it's not suitable for our program.
1: But you have to take
2: him in. You have to save him. Ah. Um, so he's your family, and everybody else is not. That one we're these so these are brothers. And then we give up. What, it's their fault. They did something wrong. We are we're fortunate. We're fortunate. So because of that, we just forget that. But we, we got to try. You know, if not, if not from the North, we've never been never been Thousands of families that came from there. So now it's more difficult, it's different. It was no different then. Just it was somebody who thought creative. And now what he taught us doesn't work in, in those ways. We've got to find new ways of reaching people. And we do. It's not like nothing's working. It's just the numbers that come on. And we have to find ways of reaching so many more people.
1: So how do we allocate our resources and our time? How much should we invest in, in that? Because it's not up to professionals alone. And I know that's a big program, Project Inspire. But if we rely only on rabbanim, Machanachem, Chay and Kirov professionals, we'll never move that needle. So for the average person out there who is focused on getting to the end of the day, paying the yeshiva tuition, the cost of kosher food, Trying to be a Ben Ali or a Ben Totra in a world where there's a lot of forces against, and is just trying to get to an end of the day where they worked and earned a living, learned a little Torah, made it to Minyan, where a good mother, father, husband, wife, how much time should they be giving? How focused should they be? How do they divide their life to care about what's happening
2: outside them? It's so terrible to have Shabbos, yes. It's so terrible to invite a business associate who before for Shabbos. It's just terrible. Too big a sacrifice. So I know people say, "Who oh am I? I'm not a mikvah. Kind of, my Shabbos table isn't going to do it. Any Shabbos table." We take so much of what we do for granted. It's just the Shabbos table. We don't need to give big sermons. A Shabbos table, a family sitting together, sitting ziyurs, a family sitting together, having at least part of part of the conversation is developed. Certainly not what the conversation at their home is when little kids are involved. The kid comes home with the parachute sheet. You know what that you know, What that does. The things we take for granted are shot is a world we've never seen. Befriend them. Befriend these people. Well, it's like you don't know anybody in that food. It doesn't, it doesn't mean investing so much in your time. Yeah, by the way, the best way to get people to do it is to get one good experience, and they don't want more and more and more. We find that you can the indulgence people from wanting to about the importance of it. Just get them one way or another, get them to try it once. They see how they can affect another person's life. They see how I didn't even do anything, he was so excited. And if someone gets pushed back and says,
1: you know, I'm trying to raise my children a certain way. I'm trying to maintain a certain insular home. There are a lot of forces out there, secular culture and, and aggressiveness, and I don't, I don't want that. My kid's exposed. So what would the say to such a person who says, we're trying to create something insular. We
2: don't need it penetrated by outside forces." because things are relevant. The world has gotten too small. It infiltrates everywhere. The kids are exposed to everything. Let's not kid us. In the Barbie, they used to say, why is it that the Chodas of is goes through all the different stakes you can have and all the different courses he presents us mm-hmm. with? Why does he have to tell us that? So they used to say, Better that you hear it from the Chodas of than somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing here. It's with the context of home. People who are trying to understand things about Yiddish time, it's in your home on your turf, and you're explaining things to them. This can do so much better for your kids than they're getting with us. And mm-hmm.
1: the Rashiva's own life, the well. Rashiva had to. Sacrifice in that sense. Rosh Hashiva today is a preeminent posik in Eretz Israel and around the world. A Rosh Hashiva, a Rav, a Hazar Kolal. And, and yet, and, and to achieve that level, to be such a world class posik, Talmud Chacham, certain to certainly retreat and immerse themselves in the Torah. And yet, Rosh Hashiva is obviously heavily invested in it. It's given time to keep of uh, the sacrifices that Rosh Hashiva had to make in his own learning in order to also care about all
2: And of course, every day day and night would be different. I mean, would be a different person, no question. Um, I'm not so unhappy with the person I became um, only because I, I really feel a sense of responsibility. Um, in terms of my own family, we had when my kids were growing up, we had all kinds of guests. Um, and uh, I don't think it did any damage or anything. Uh, uh, I think it was very good for them. I think it's was very, very healthy for them. Is very, very helpful for them. I would see, you know, I would see the different encounters that we had at the table. The kids were always listening, like, so carefully. When do you get to discuss and know with your kids? I hmm. oh, wonder, well, right. Your kids talk not at At What age do you talk to
1: So you have somebody
2: that's in your home asking questions. You're giving an intelligent answers. And your kids are listening. They're getting a hint of it. They're also seeing the mindful people. You know, a, a, a kid growing up really feels like the street has so much to offer. What kind of even more orthodox? You know, I'm a minor, not orthodox. I'm the burning heavens. I can't do all the good things that the world has to offer. You see someone sitting at the table that comes from that world that has everything to offer. And for some reason, he takes interest in what we are. That means there must be something special mm-hmm. And especially as people are more and more full, it to so much for the kids. Mm-hmm. They, they get to appreciate what we
1: have. So, so to pivot from the churban of what's going on, as much as there's positive in the world and we focus on that, and Roshida has a tremendous simchasachayim, clearly, is a person who focuses on positivity, but that churban that is. The, the world is, is very um, disturbing within our own Torah community. I, I can't speak for it, but in America, there's a struggle. You know, on the one hand, we have the issue of outreach. On the other hand, we have a challenge of retention. We have an issue within our own community because the world is so much smaller and so much more available and it's so much more open and people are exploring and they're curious or they're turned off or they've been traumatized and, and they're, they're taking, they're making other choices. They're, what would the Rosh Hashidah say to parents who have a child who's choosing a different derech, who's off the derech, off their derech, off our derech? What, what kind of a approach should those parents take in terms of the other siblings in the family, in terms of giving that child space, nevertheless taking pride, showing love? Or particularly if it's a young age, when you get a sense that it could be heading there, do you double down, do you become stricter? Do you become more careful? How do we deal with that
2: challenge? It's an ideological question, it's a strategic one. Um, I haven't seen that uh, uh, clamping down on kids does anything other than make them run. Um, I remember there was a time in our neighborhood, it's a neighborhood it was a whole kabura of kids from the finest families that were on their way out. Some were reading a chalice, shelter, somebody smoking in a shabbos. They hung out together, but they were not high. They dropped out of the yeshiva coming. uh It was pretty bad. And everybody went to get advice from whoever it is they turned to. This one went. Right. And of the people. And this one went to a shop and this one went to a child psychologist this one went to a Everybody went and they all got the same exact answer. Mm-hmm. Apshaq put it, the little Everybody did it. Every one of those kids is from. Every one of those kids is from. They all came back.
1: So unconditional love for that child unconditional love but how does the parent know particularly when they're young if the child's made that choice already so recently somebody just asked me in America it was it will be a holding Halloween and, and they have a child who's struggling and challenged and has chosen the wrong group of friends and wanted to dress up and go around and the parent is devastated on the other hand for that child if the answer will be no to that then this child will continue to slippery slope down so there are practical strategic questions with each time. Yes.
2: Experience has shown that you work with them, not against them. Um, I'm afraid so many of the things that parents do not want to allow the kids to get away with. Uh, it's not so much a matter of they feel that this is harmful to the kid, but they find it embarrassing. You know? In other words, I find that parents will allow kids to get away with a lot more, as long as it's not outward, as long as no one else is going to know. You know, you can do want in the house, but don't really you know, dress out outdoors in a way that people realize you're struggling. Mm-hmm. If, if what you're dealing with is the parents own pride, shame and then there's no excuse for that. If, if your image in the community is 1.2 then your kids something wrong, and I don't blame your kids for real, you know? mm. Um But if, if what you're talking about is really a feeling that the, the kid doesn't have, he's just not connecting to... He's not to His neshama. You got to see what you to give him a connection. Work with him. Just you can't just know no know everything. But you got to make things. You got to make things exciting.
1: And the overarching is is unconditional love.
2: Unconditional so the foundation love. is love, and then on top of that, yeah. unconditional love. <laughs> Bechlau, a few of starts before before the kids start having their problems. Kids have been brought up in a happy home. Kids have been brought up in a home where you love doing this, it. where everyone
1: loves doing this. It. You grow up in a home where everyone's always catching and complaining about how difficult things are. So, what are you
2: expecting to get? That's the
1: message is you learn all the And zooming out the lens to chinach in general, not just the child who's, who's challenged or struggling with the dara, but every child who is davening is a challenge for everybody. So, how much do you force open the sitter, daven? Did you daven? Are there shul next to you? you can, Pointing the sitter. On or, the, or, no, the child's going to daven eventually if they see you are a model of davening. So give them space. And if they don't daven,
2: that's their loss, that's their mistake, that's their growing pain. Right. There's this famous zok uh, of the Hazanish, where they ask them if you're davening the your kid is next to you and you you know, should you keep reminding him to look into the sitter? And Hazanish issues to say, he said that if you daven, that's one thing, the kid will see you doubting. You spend your David pointing to so the way he put it was, Dola Shimusha Yosimbiuda. Ah. Shimu is what they see in you. If they see you david, they'll learn to dhava. If they see you knowing during davining, then they're gonna to learn to during davining. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're teaching them that you're supposed to dhaven, that's lean with Dolus Shimusha. What they're gonna get from the example is much stronger. Mm-hmm. Spend your David in dame. And I let your kids
1: learn to dabble from you. Learning you're you're learning 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 so even if even at home, they're not getting out of bed, they're not opening that sitter, daughters, let's say, you yeah. don't open that sitter, time goes on, so
2: on First thing you do is that they should know what to do. Get them to so I, I, I always say the first thing you gotta do is forget the rituals. Teach your kids to talk much. Get them used to talking Dutch. Let them have their own conversation with them. You also have to teach them pronouns. Do I scream? Do I want to scream at the Where did mm-hmm. I get back from? And where we kill him? Don't say stuff. We never have a clean screen television. Right. Right. Yeah, kids have to know you tell the truth with Hashem. Share your feelings about him, with share your frustrations about life, with know that there's an interest. Then we can talk about that. But if you don't know that there's someone to talk to, if you haven't had the experience of talking to
1: Hashem, so what's happening anyway? Original? Why should you feel like that? I mm-hmm. you know the Rashiva comes from a more Hasidisha background. So Rashida feel that in the more Litvish upbringing of the traditional Yeshiva, we don't talk enough about Hashem? We're so focused on like, Gemara, Rashi, and, and Lambdas, and Halacha. One can make it in America, particularly in a more day school system, one can make it through an entire Entire Jewish education, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in the end, know a lot of information, but never have a relationship with them. not even know that he's there, No, not feel that he loves you or
2: you're supposed to love him. He never made it to the curriculum. He's just not there. I, 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 I'm afraid to teach you that. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I went to the literature system. I didn't love She rebelled against the family. She wanted to have a literature education. She said she wanted to be a Talmud Chokhan and not a Tishko. That, that was the way she quit. Um and I had one Zega who survived the Holocaust and he was there, who and, and, and he was screaming okay, so be a top of like, who's gonna teach him to make an ashiyotzah I thought those are the words he used. Who's gonna teach him to make an ashiyotzah? So my answer was I didn't know at the time. My mother did. I definitely I definitely got my relationship with Ashin, I got it at home, I got it in the Shibobidan. No question. Of course, once you've got it, you know whose Torah you're
1: learning. So they have to go hand in hand. There has to be a return to an emphasis. Yes.
2: Well, people are embarrassed to talk about Right.
1: I think many of the Machanchen, and, and I include myself among them, Rabban and machanchem, they're struggling or comfortable in their, in their own right. So it's hard to teach something that you don't necessarily fully
2: experience. So, when you've been raised that way, it's a vocabulary you're unfamiliar with. Aish is willing to educate any rabbinic that are interested. We are willing to share a muna with rabbinic, whether it's going to be used as a seminar, a retreat, whatever it is, we are open to give rabbinic the tools, first of all, to build their own relationship with Hashem, but the tools to give it to It's
1: definitely
2: very needed.
1: Very needed. I know it was told to me by one of the Tamid in the Rashida says that. Uh, if the Rashiva could add a 14th uh to the Rambam, it would be that Hashem loves us. That Hashem loves us. I once wrote an article about Hashem loves us, other religions took that from us. God loves you, we've got to bring that back. And I got a series of emails criticizing me. It's so other religions. When you talk? What does it say? How uh, can you say such a thing? It's not true. And the not is not feeling, doesn't love us. What would the Rashiva say to, to that? Because it's a whole group of people, not just young the people, there are adults who grew up not feeling it and who continue to feel, that, especially now, they're feeling patched by Hashem. Whether it's financially, whether it's in relationships, whether it's failed dreams, whether it's struggles that they're having, they, they feel the opposite. Hashem doesn't love me. I say Hashem loves me. Look at my life. Look at my struggles. Look at my challenges. And maybe I feel maybe I'm unlovable. I'm so far from Him. I failed Him so badly. How could He possibly love me? What would Rashida say? How, how do we make people know
2: and believe? Why should we feel that He loves us? The last, the <moment>. last, Malachi starts off with that. That's the last nevuah. I am the last know that The will had, I guess in the later days we have that we have to know that one. Yes, Hashem loves everybody. Hashem created our struggles. Hashem created our weaknesses. He understands them better than what we do. He's there rooting for us. He feels bad for us when we fail, and he's hoping we can we get our act together. Hashem's there with everybody. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. How do we reconcile that he
1: loves us but he holds us accountable? Is there This punishment is the greatest,
2: the greatest, remember, Hashem created the world to give. Right? It was with so that was the purpose, and it was over the manna shaft to create only with me. beside did. What that means is that there's no greater giving than did that accountable. There's no greater giving. The way you build a person is by like giving them responsibility. Hashem is not holding us accountable because he's this this he holds us accountable because there's nothing like earning your eternity. There's nothing like earning your state. Anything else he gives us would be second rate. So the greatest hessing is holding us accountable. He's doing only only out of love. Nothing else. Nothing, nothing else.
1: And for a person who doesn't feel that love, a person who's struggling, a person who's going through a hard time, should they feel he's punishing me? I have a dear father going through a very hard time, a sick child. Kreshbaka's punish punishing, punishment. It's
2: not over yet. It's not over yet. What he does Hashem is not giving him a chance. In this world, the way we look at it in this world is that it's not about punishment. You know, ultimately this did But until that point, it's Hashem giving us messages, Hashem giving us opportunities. He's giving us challenges to bring out the best us, And we have to get the message. You have to take the pain you feel the session growing, the sashem
1: getting great. So what yes, should have yes. advice how to practice that is hispotitis to, to talk to Hashem, she said to teaching children before you get to the sitter, to talk to them outside of the sitter, other exercises in Amuna. What are the things that can help build a person to be stronger so that they intuitively react this way when challenges come? It
2: begins with talking to Hashem, it includes a lot of talking to oneself. Mm-hmm. We have to work for that one second. Why is Hashem doing this? He loves you so much. What does he want me to get out of this? The question is always, this Hashem is doing this for me. What does he want me to get out of this? Why am I going to be a greater person once I'm done? With this? That's an internal conversation. It's an internal conversation. And by the way, when someone else is suffering, this is not what you have. That there's a dichotomy, the dichotomy that we have when it comes to Bir Allah and we play Hashem. In Bir Allah we don't have the right to start giving people muscle when they're suffering. The first thing we've got to do is be there for people, which is not just empathy, but do whatever we can. We have feel for them and enlist in a list of their support, whatever we can do to help them. Mm-hmm. If one is in a position where people are looking to you for guidance, as you well, know, after you do it, if you can, that's when we have to start talking to them about Hashem and growth. So, mostly it's talking
1: to Hashem, talking to ourselves, yeah. putting ourselves in that position to feel His presence, to feel His love. Yeah. Is Isha Torah and the discovery for that seminar? So, I heard the, the Bible codes and the whole discovery seminar many, many times. So, people's crisis in faith today. We're losing the opportunity to point to Holocaust survivors, which I myself, lived off of and encouraged other people too in our community and elsewhere. Anyone who went through that and maintained that when and Hashem, ride their coattails. Just 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 join on and and, and take from there. And to say, right the yeah. So so we, we had that, we're losing that opportunity today. And today, you know, somebody doesn't believe in God because their Wi-Fi was slow, someone doesn't believe in God for the most seemingly small, petty, and consequential, they say, we're I don't believe in them anymore. When people who lost everything maintain their faith. So, when someone's struggling with them, we know, what do we cut at them? We come at them with, with Bible codes. We come at them with mm-hmm. wonders of Jewish history. Proof, we come proofs, at them with evidence.
2: Proof, proofs, are, proofs only reach a certain, uh, a, certain a, very, a very specific uh, uh, segment of the population. Um, I'll tell you, things have changed a lot. It's a very cold world. So what gets people more than anything else is our chesed, our love. Nobody does chesed like from Jews. I mean, face it, there, there's nothing like it anywhere else. Out but the way we just give ourselves to others, the way we, care, we sincerely care about others, it, it doesn't exist anywhere else. The very first thing that you keep care about, the next one really cares. That, that, that's the beginning. There's also a lot of the warmth in Yiddishkeit so has to be shared with them. Um, a lot of emotional stuff. Although Yiddishkeit essentially is not emotional, Yiddishkeit is essentially so we go, Tomatar, and Gulam. Today, if you don't directly address the Shamr, then you're ignoring the nefesh of Baha'i of the person. Uh, the psyche of most people today is weird. It's either not worth you have to reach that first. And then you can start reasoning. The only thing you start reasoning You know, that's why Shabbat are so effective. Some of the most effective speakers are the ones that get people crying. Right. And, and, you know, that's where people are at, then you gotta know what you have with it. You know, you gotta use it better. Right. The experiential today is much less. Special. So basically, be like God before you talk
1: about God. Well, the person experienced it, tell them in you and then you could come and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: I always understood that was Gogalat Nasasor from the Kabbalah's Punya you could choose between being like God or even talking to God, yeah. you can bring him into this world by being like him. Yeah. So we need more of that, yeah. of being like him. Yeah. I, I noticed even throughout this conversation, I hope it's okay, it's not chutzbadik but The Rashi has a smile, always. Whatever we're talking about, even Khurban and even the challenges of and the challenges this simpasheim, this smile, this positivity, is that something that Rosh Shiva feels naturally, worked on? Is this an ongoing effort? Does it, does it come easily it's to cool. feel happy
2: and smile? Life is <laughs> beautiful. Life is beautiful. Challenges challenges are exciting. I'm not looking for i to pick them exciting. People are fascinating. I'm also going to get a place where people are just thirsty. So, so beautiful. But I grew up in a happy home. All the survivors. I grew up in a happy home. And uh, there were lots of things that had to be worked on. Um, yes, I was a children of survivors, and there was lots of there was lots of anxiety, and they were afraid, always afraid for me. And uh, of course we picked that up at home. There were a lot of things that had to be worked through, but the basics and press definitely at home. I um, uh, shared this one story that I share with people all the time. Yeah. The, yeah. Most the, family, the most profound the most profound thing I ever heard from my father's mother. Um, my parents were survivors. Yeah. My mother was an actress. Um, her father survived by going to, to the States just before the war trying to get the family out. He wasn't able to. Um, she lost her her, her brothers. Sister, mother, um, and she survived Auschwitz. My, my father ran. His whole family went to Auschwitz, and it seems like they went past Auschwitz other places too. And my father was just running. He ran, he found himself an unoccupied part of Romania. Um, he survived the war, came back, and there was no and, uh, He was the youngest of seven children. Five of them were married with children. His nieces, nephews, and parents, he had his grandfather, who was an uncle. It, it was a hush of family, a family, one family, a big family. Nobody came. nobody came so long in the world. So he found himself after the war in the home of the closest relative, which was the father of his uh the father of his sister's husband. Father, his brother uh, and his sister did not come back here. Um, well, that person happened to be my mother's uncle. So they made two Hasidic kids. My father's just alone and lost. So my mother approached me and said, let's get married up care of here. And that's what happened. And uh, I had a beautiful marriage. They're a very interesting couple with in the same picture. They had a beautiful marriage and my mother was everything She passed away when we were both married. At the end of the shiva, he turns to me and says, You know, if I really want to, I can be miserable. I was so powerful. <laughs> If I really want to, I can lose it. Well he didn't want. To. He was another eight years. He lived to 98. He had heart trouble. His as lungs as weren't working so well. His digestion stuff working. Oh, he couldn't walk. His kidneys weren't doing so well. He lost his hearing. He barely saw. He was so happy. He was just so happy. People loved coming in because he was so happy. He was just elevated. So if you really want to, you be miserable. Yeah. If that's what you want to be, yeah, would for you. His default was
1: to be happy. He could have he could have forced himself to be miserable. You do
2: not always understand happiness is a choice. You can you could experience that there's no such thing everything is free will, everything is a matter of a matter of how you choose. The Torah can be the highest to be happy, the Torah can require us to love Hashem, the Torah can require us you as Shilay. These are all emotions. How can how can we be happy? Yes. You choose how to feel, it's up to you. So, if you want to be miserable, I feel you. You just want to be miserable, if that's what you want. If you choose to be happy, be happy. Be happy, and, and that's really the secret. You can choose to be happy. Does Rush
1: you ever get down, unhappy? You have to turn it around to, to, to remember that? It's, it, to it's
2: much passing. It's much more. There are times that I'm just so overtired, it's difficult not to be impressed, and you got to work on it. You know, when, when, when you, you got to push yourself to be able to. They'll do anything. You know, they're tiny markets, which are involved in a lot of things, but they're time consuming. They're time consuming, I and mean, there's not that much time to say. And there are times that, that, that one is just so great. Add to that, you mentioned, you know, you get stories, you deal with people, you deal with people, What kinds of situations. And there are times that it gets you down, and you have to work. You really have to work. Not just natural. You can't just play dumb and smile. You really have to work through things and push yourself. It's not easy. again, it's a choice. Do you want to be
1: miserable? Do you want to be depressed? It's part of the conversation we have with ourselves. I, I spoke on Shabashul this past year. The girl and everybody else who talks about the Maral, We focus Binab we neglect But if you don't have a healthy binat if you don't have a healthy relation with yourself, how could you have a healthy relationship with others? And and I found a study. We say, according to most, four million words a day to ourselves. The conversations in our own head is close to four million words a day we're saying with those conversations. But we're not aware, we're not controlling or regulating them, or we're not, the she has not said several times about so the importance of what we tell ourselves, what we say to ourselves, the stories we tell ourselves, how we get ourselves right, how, how do we nurture that relationship in other lots. First of all, we can't take credit
2: for ourselves. People are afraid of accepting themselves, of respecting themselves, because I uh, don't get yeah, it. I'm going to lie. One second. Hashem made us. Whatever strengths we have, on God going to we, we didn't make that. Even if we had to work on developing them, Hashem gave us the energy to do that. Mm-hmm. There's very little we can really take credit for. You. Very, very little. The fact that Hashem gives us credit for all of them, is all of us. It's all of us. It's a chesed that he pays us for it. So accept that Hashem did something wonderful. Hashem gave you you. Appreciate you. Appreciate your strengths. If, if, if you're afraid of accepting your strengths, how are you going to get in? You? No. you can't deny your weaknesses, but you can accept your strengths and use them. And you appreciate them and be happy
1: Rashida mentioned Roshiva's mother said to Rashida's father, "Let's get married. I'll take care of you." And really, maybe on paper they wouldn't have matched. And if they were born at a different time, at a different place, and they had to submit resumes with a picture without a picture, and fun funim were involved, they may never, have, they never they closed the shidduch. So, so there are challenges with the Shiva system today. Again, I can speak for America, not the situation here in Israel. It seems like we've Compounded problems instead of taking them away, we're adding layers and layers and obstacles and obstacles with these uh, inquiries and inquisitions and and the level of questions that are asked and and pictures that are demanded, and we're not simplifying it; we're making it more complicated. And the evidence is that we're not having more success; we're having more struggles.
2: What can be done to improve the shura system? It has nothing to do with system; it has to do with the people in the system. We have. I, I love the shura system, but. I I grew up there, that's my life. There's still no place on earth I feel more comfortable than the hard benches of the base But face it, it's a nice cozy place where we never have to grow up. We don't want responsibility. We don't want responsibility for ourselves. We don't want responsibility for others. We don't we don't understand relationships.
1: It's very easy
2: to develop a relationship with people that are like minded. It's so good that you can all get together, it's like summer camp forever i have a great time talking everybody else. You know, we're Yeshiva guys, the we're critical, the we're cynical, we're, 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 we can do a lot to everything. Because we we're all, we're all think the same. We all, all subscribe to the same stuff. Really learning, learning to do the relationship with another human being is part of growing up. We're not getting such opportunities. In fact, most Yeshiva guys who are busy dorming, the years that are so impressionable in terms of the relationships, they're not even home, they're not even home. You don't get to see the home, supposed So it's unfortunate that I don't know what expectations are in marriage. You know, people don't really
1: know what is marriage. Should a buffer, when he's about to start dating a girl back in the seminary, should we be doing more to prepare them, expose them, train them on those qualities and skills so they're more ready to go into the we marriage? You should, should definitely
2: train them. There's something the shape should do. These are tools that you, should, you, should, you should have to for follow. Hmm. Responsibility. There are plenty of things that people can do to that learn to take responsibility for in yeshiva. We don't have to say that. There are plenty of things that they learn to take responsibility, among other things they're learning. Mm-hmm. You know, like giving tests in yeshiva, once you're in a series yeshiva tests not standard. Why not making them take responsibility for the learning? The idea that they have to take responsibility for everything they have to know, not just the yeshiva Making their own stuff. And if Yeshiva doesn't have a series of all of it, say we don't have to know all Hopefully, you know, someone who can put a all up the me in, in, in Right? Uh, just, just as examples, you know, you don't have to know nobody, you don't have to ask God so what do we believe do? in? You don't have to know all that? Taking responsibility for one stuff, And the other ones, in terms of relationships, they don't know how to be at all. Uh, you know, I had the good fortune, I, I, I was in the, near, the last years of the transitional letters at Harvard. And he drew Baymallah into us. Anyone who's in the yeshiva in the years of a kind. anyone understands what it means to care for another youth. And understands that what marriage is about is caring. The learning to develop on a shared life when you're there for one another. Everyone is that. It just it's so deeply incredible. Smooth after smooth after smooth. That's what every partnership was. That's what every parachute so was. Nothing was without a source. You know, he would color charcoal uh, Literally, my heart for him. I had him a car or two or three for everything he said. You know, yeshivas have to act. They have to instill a real bit of a plan, a mature bit of a plan. A mature one, well, not a not a stupid one. Not this artificial dealing with darky, darko. Some of really got, got the basic ideas are not, not getting across. Mm. It has to be done right. I and mean, got the, their work cut out for them. Uh, there's, there's really a lot to do. Mm. What happened in the olden days? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like uh, most people did all right without you training. I don't know. It could be the life was just so tough. And besides, I mean, most kids went to work when they were in the teens already, even right. if they were like. You know, could
1: be. I had to find a place to sleep and a home to have to eat, and there was yeah. a highs built into the system.
2: Here, and the other thing is that, you know, Baruch Hashem is That's always some delicate. You know, today the worst thing you can do is hit a kid. Hit a kid. You can be sure you're going to I'll speak for myself. Who didn't grow up in here? <laughs> well, everybody here, parents and teachers, everybody here. Our favorite teachers here. Everybody here.
1: So there's room today still for a patch? Nah.
2: Not Are you anymore. kidding?
1: Not anymore. Are you anymore. kidding? If your kid doesn't, doesn't get you in prison. <laughs> but, but in the old days, it was, it was a more effective.
2: It, we're all just, everyone's spoiled. Well, everyone's spoiled well, You know, it's, 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 it's the of the title. And then there's no question why things don't work. Hmm. So there's a lot, really a lot that kids do have to
1: do. So it's much more fundamental
2: than the system. It's much more fundamental. Yeah. As far as, that, you know, I know we got the system is everyone's punching back. Uh, I am not gonna add my, my name to I I just I love the Yeshiva world. I, I, I mean that's that's our life. That's our life. Um there are things that we have to, we have to improve on. In a big way there are things that we have to improve on and, and I and I think we have to take it seriously and not be afraid not be afraid of doing this a little differently. On the solo, what a yeshiva looks like, um, you can't tell me this in Europe because our yeshivas don't look like. Uh, how, many, how many generations do you go over there?
1: And we have to adapt to the new, mm. new situation. Is that part of what motivated the of Jerusalem Kolal, which has a different focus on Kirov? Someone described it as a graduate school for outreach. It's really preparing people to beyond just the learning here and now, tonight to a future and to have a vision and to feel an achrayas and training. And something unusual, I understand about that call different than most is that the wives are involved, the Edmondsons are involved, because they'll be part of that team that go out and do Kirov too. And by
2: the way, it's not a Kirib training it's preparing people for, for service to colleagues from mostly by, by preparing by, by building themselves and who they are, the relationship with Hashem, the relationship with party, they're becoming responsible, we invest very much in all of those things. There's are secure training too, to which is hands on experience. But for the most part, it's it's getting them ready for for, for being out there in the world without you of sharing of sharing the beauty of with people.
1: And that's why the wives wives are included. Of course, of course. They're a critical part too.
2: Not so, too, <laughs> not too. I mean, in, in, in many cases, they make a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I wish
1: you had been so generous for this time. I have one, maybe one or two more questions. The rishiv has emerged to be a, a really a preeminent posik for oh, yeah. and narrative strong Anglo community yeah, as well. well
2: yes, I I deal I deal with a lot of stuff, but I think a lot of it is because I. And invested in areas that no one else really has. Uh, there, there are a lot of really big people around. Uh, uh, I'm not there. In terms of areas like, that, in, in terms of the shyness that kind of come, the contemporary shabbos and period as such, you know, I've invested heavily in that. Uh, you know, I, I I love learning, but a lot of things were inflated. I know my plays. <laughs> We appreciate the rishiva's modesty, but I know that <laughs> no, I know that people have
1: shaylas from all over about everything. Okay, yeah. So I want to know where the Rashiva got Shima from Who are the rishivas' mentors, so to say, in answering Shilas, And what are some of the most maybe that people don't appreciate from a post stake side of the desk perspective? What are some of the most important principles or rules or what the rishiva thinking about in approaching staff? Yeah.
2: So if, first, second, I first, mean, like I didn't, I in the and I had exposure to. And, and exposure to some very, very new people. First of all, the first was a family connection. The moon has in the crop of the living shrine the air and definitely a world renowned posse. Because of family, it was a kufayeh there in Shabbos, and got a lot, even though his dare coming was totally different. But in terms of in terms of understanding what you're allowed to do in the and what you're not allowed to do in the he taught me many he was very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one time he was present with the family simpa and I I, uh, I gave a brush on a of subject and came up with a whole and he smiled and said You know, he, he let me know that I was that, that was going a little too far. So that that definitely, but I spent I spent a lot of time running through that operation. In my days he was much more accessible. Um, uh, there are many areas of halacha that, that, uh, that, I, that I, I managed to discuss with him. There was a kufa I was giving a halacha in the year, and I generally discussed the sugir with him the day I gave the chabur. Mm-hmm. So the first thing was it was always a bit of a. I just spent two weeks preparing the soupy. Um I was really in it, and uh, like early Ash Food, if I had any, you know, if I thought I discovered something you're talking about discovery, it's always been there. And of course he would, of course, better than I did. Um, but I got I got a lot from that. I also used to speech of the Soriak Fisher who um, uh, was also was a big um Once I came to age, so we had a lot of sensitive shyness. Uh, there were some shyness that I went triashi with. But he was a way more difficult to get into. The culture of Shyland has been changed. And uh, he was not so available anymore. Um, I, I developed a relationship then with Shomazal. Um, Shomazal understood not only people, the cultures. Uh, what I, I learned from and you know, I would say that St. at least somebody there had to understand Shibim Washington, they had to understand their language. Because you couldn't have an interpreter in the Senate. I understood it's not just a matter of language. I assume it's all the different dialects to it. And it's the subtleties. Because when you have been told you gotta really do it the same. Which means you really have to understand every culture. What kind of human being could say up. Hmm. He had an understanding of people and cultures and backgrounds. You know, he can catch it in the Rav um, you know, Yashiv. It's interesting what people think Rav Yashiv is totally cute he was totally outside. He just, he just knew the safe. He was outside of, of real life. So first we have to He sat on the base in Agamon for like fifty years. He had all the all the crazy the crazy family shyness that, that you know that, that, that happened in secular Israel that came there also. Right. Uh, he, he, he knew the world. He knew the world. His thing was not to show me no any worldliness. You had to supply him with all the background information. But once you did, he got it. And you know, everyone knows Oliashi's big He also knew the coolness that nobody else knew. Mm-hmm. If you needed a okay to rely on the Shasta, he knew the Daciokre that no one else knew. Mm-hmm. This is before the also Thalker. Right. Um, but what I kind of had to do was the COVID rush that every shower deserves. Nothing was going Everything was a COVID rush. Everything was in seriousness. It didn't make a difference if, if it was about whether we would be a deal with the showers. it's whether or not someone being married, um, or a question of a medical shower, or a shower, it's everything. There's a particular sound we got from Shon-Zalman that uh, uh that it, it sits with me um, we had a we had a uh, we had a Israeli was family, was traditional sort. The standards of conscience were not uh, not especially great. Um, but they the ancient was a real because they were just happening the you across the board. Um, which in your sheep is hearing you about know, like, uh, the said then there the was a Supreme Court ruling that the, the sale of the land was not serious, it was a religious formality. Um, Rebel really Yasha said you couldn't rely under any circumstances. So basically, would mean that eating it is in a lost place. So we decided we'll take him to a Yasha to consider the Shlom Zahnar and this is this is she, design, as a Machokis in a family involves so many Suri do Eat the machy, just don't make a machokis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, don't go past it with this one. Every case has to be reviewed. But I understand, Mahomes is dead. It's Masurido Rice and question. Maybe that's not the easy an answer to things that are not comfortable. You yeah, know,
1: because don't live up to your, your, your level. Wow. So that's the cheshbon of a posik. It's not just okay. it's the people, what the psak or the halakha, the people who are in front of you, it's the bigger picture and the implications of it, and all that goes into a particular psak. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that, I mean, it was very enlightening. Also, being able to spend time, spend time with, you know, really, really big people and understanding understanding how deep process is she. It's, it's, not, it's not just technical work. You know normal the sheep isn't like putting yeah. It's something intangible more yeah. important. Um, which is a challenge on our generation
1: too. The people who think you can Google everything. Sure. <laughs> Hello is the
2: post
1: of yeah. the post. So so the last question again so grateful for the for the first time we're sitting here in the ish building the ishiva yeah. ish complex world headquarters all that's going on. It's extraordinary. I'm, I'm blown away. I'm honored to, to be able to participate in such a small way with it. What's what's the vision? How can asia make that difference and that impact? I know with technology, with the website, there's a vision and a dream to hit a certain number of millions of people. Are there boundaries um, for the purpose of cure? Is there a concern we're using technology or using even pop culture references in articles to be able to reach people who otherwise would have no connection? Where are those boundaries of being able it's to reach so people it
2: is so difficult we have regular meetings dealing with that i have a regular meeting i have a regular meeting with, this, uh, with the senior management um dealing with where we fall the line where we don't draw the line, what is acceptable what is not acceptable you know h.com we've announced very clearly is no longer targeting from people um from people may feel uncomfortable with some of the articles on it uh, there's lots of toy you can read. Get on to We're trying to target people that are really not affiliated, and because of that, we're, we're doing things we didn't do before. But it's so delicate. Not everything's in the name of cure, but not everything's also in the name of no. cure. And you got to understand that there's no way of being safe. Like, just be mindful you'll be okay. Just be the mockery, there's no way. You can't. You've got to reach Jews in the most effective way possible. We're trying to reach the unreachable. We've set a number of 3 million. We believe that that's a critical mass of Jews that's going to know that there's a creator and that he left us his instructions for for the most meaningful and enjoyable way to live. And that being a Jew and studying the wisdom That's what we want to do. The only way we're going to get there is if we we, we have some very provocative and outrageous stuff out there that's going to get those people interested. Okay. Now, not everything is working. Not everything is working. Okay. Articles are reviewed over. I'll tell you, you know, often I'm asked to review an article that's about to be posted, and my filter will not allow me to see it. Okay.
1: And I don't just mean
2: the graphics. I mean the content as well. Right. Right. So, you know, everything, everything has to be reviewed carefully. Our staff itself is very sensitive. They know when to ask the shaiba. Mm. They know when something really has to be discussed. Um a, a lot of a lot of the of things they develop. I mean, the Shiva, people here that, that are truly very and, and uh and understand. Um, and then uh a lot we learn by experience, mm. you know, as well. We do have an issue always that even if Hashem Holmes is right, will from you, forgive us, yeah. and, and there, you know, there are times that we we, are, we have to do some damage control. In order to be Jews, we're going to have to do things that are going to a lot of for. but it's got to be within reason. We are insiders. We are not Michutz mm-hmm. We are Yeshivaite. We're doing things that are creative and different because we have to, we have to reach the people out there. But we are Yeshivaite. We're not rebels. Um, we're not. Uh, we got a new brain of orthodoxy. We're yeshiva like all the way. We just have to be very creative in the way we reach people. It's yeah, just
1: doing amazing work. I, I know many people who have a firm background and still find for the reasons we spoke of earlier because they go to other resources and it doesn't address the most basic things that they want to feel and know and believe and derive inspiration from. So we're so grateful to the yeshiva, to Ish, and most of all to the Rishi Shiva for time, the wisdom, for all the Rosh
2: does. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And so nice spending some time together. That's been wonderful.
0: Thank you. That was really an incredible uh, interview, a great, incredible conversation. There's so much to unpack, so much to think about, so much to implement in our own lives, the call, the responsibility for all of us to be involved in outreach. Every one of us can open our Shabbos tables. I think what's refreshing about Rubberkowitz Berkowitz is as, as brilliant as he is, as much as he knows, as level-headed, as moderate uh, he is, his understanding of the world around us. And that goal of reaching three million Jews is just really a mind-boggling goal. And and if we all partner and collaborate, we can achieve it. And the importance of avoiding machlokas, biblical prohibition of tension within a family, superseding others, the mind of a a posse who's able to to balance those. And chinach, unconditional love, even when our children are not continuing exactly at that moment on our path so much to think about, so much to take away. I hope you'll continue the conversation on your own. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.
2: Thank you for listening to Behind the Bima. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week for another peek Behind the Bima.